Welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. I am your host, Mandy Beverly. This is a podcast for women by women. As we know, a rising tide lifts all boats, but sometimes we know there can be a few stormy seas. So when the tough times happen, the proverbial hits the fan, what do you do? Who do you have to become in the process? That's the real story, and that's remarkable. We love to tell the story of women that are a few steps further ahead on their own entrepreneurial journey. They know exactly what it feels like to be where you are. So these women are not only paving the way for themselves, but they're also paving the way for the women that follow in their footsteps. This is Remarkable Woman Radio. Welcome along to Remarkable Woman Radio. My guest today is Adrian Gulliver. Adrian is a master facilitator of human behavior and human potential, and she calls herself the personal strategist. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about what she does. So welcome along to the show, Adrian. Thank you, Mandy. It's been uh, it's been lovely to be invited back again, and um, lovely to spend this time now talking with you over the next little while. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you back. I mean, you were in episode two, I think. So um, when I had my training wheels on, so it was um, it was lovely to have you then. So I'm really excited to have you back because I I know personally the effect of what you do. So I'm really excited for um, for my listeners out there just to to hear what being a personal strategist actually is. But first, just tell us a little bit about what you're going, what's going on for you at the moment. Um, Well, I think it's very similar to what's happened for the listeners and the general population. We've had one particular event, e.g. that is the pandemic, the COVID virus, uh, COVID-19, whatever way you want to be, you know, you want to call it, that has actually affected every family, um, every household, friends, relationships, business relationships, companies, the different countries. Um, so that one particular virus has had a, a, an effect or presented a challenge to many, many, many people. For me personally, since I last spoke with you, um, it's affected my ability to travel. In 2015, in January 2015, everything was being, has been packed up and I chose to just travel the world. So, of course, in 2020 and early 2020 when COVID hit and New Zealand was in lockdown, I found myself having to change from a traveller with two suitcases that would go from place to place to now somebody who was landlocked in New Zealand. Um, New Zealand is a beautiful place to be stuck if you're going to be anywhere that you are stuck. And um, what that has meant is there's lots of self-reflection and uh, self-connection with people and the opportunity with uh, family and friends to reconnect, uh, obviously um, experience more of this beautiful land called New Zealand. And um, it hasn't meant that I haven't wanted to, when the borders open, to again travel and be there with um, traveling and exploring and looking at different cultures. I will still do that, but it's been a lovely time of self-reflection and just reconnecting. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting. Just a lot of people have really enjoyed just actually being a little bit more rather than doing and um, because I think a lot of people were just on the 
you know, they were they were just on the rat race type thing and they're not really sort of going, actually, is this what I want to do? And um, not everyone's having that experience, I, I get it, but um, for some of us that we can actually just explore that a little bit more. Um, so, Adrian, tell me, what inspired you to get started in your business? Ah, great question, Mandy. I've been asked that a number of times. I don't know if inspiration was the actual um, instigator. Like most people, I tend to find we sometimes need a bit of pain to kick us into it. It could be pain of that there's a lack of money. Um, It could be pain of you're not getting where you want to be or you don't have enough knowledge. Uh, There are many different fears that can start people on a trajectory. Uh, mine was the pain of loss and grief. And I know that some of your listeners would have would would understand this. My brother-in-law was killed in 2005 in a plane crash. He was the pilot. It sent the family in a spiral. Obviously it also set my sent my fam uh, my sister in a spiral of pain, grief, loss, anger. Um, denial, all of those things that are associated with grief. Because I came from a medical model um, as a registered nurse, I had the understanding of the grief process, but I couldn't find anything within that model to actually assist my sister. Mm. So I went on a, a, a search for something. I became a groupie type seminar junkie type person. I don't know what they call those people now. Um, looking for an answer to grief. And Mandy, you were the one that handed me a ticket to uh, sit for a day with Dr. John Martini. Uh, he was talking about the seven areas of life within a city. And so we attended that seminar. And from there, he talked about grief. What he talked about with the grief scenario was when someone passes, a loved one passes, we don't miss their smelly farts. Excuse the language, everyone. We don't miss (laughs) the smelly farts. We don't miss the fact that they left their wet towels on the ground and they didn't pick up after themselves. So he mentioned this and I thought, oh, okay. But he said, instead, we actually missed the thing that we were admiring in them. So after the seminar, I quickly rang my sister um, and asked her, I said, do you miss Chris, her husband who had passed? Do you miss his farts and do you miss he, you had to always pick up after him? She said, no, I don't miss that. And I said, oh, this gentleman, this man I've listened to was speaking about grief. And he said, you only grieve the part that you miss. So I knew that I had to go and explore this more. So I wouldn't say it was inspiration, but it was the pain or the driving force of wanting to help my sister trying to solve a problem. Attending Dr. John Martini's seminar, The Breakthrough Experience, on day two, he actually asked for somebody with active grief and he presents you with a demonstration of resolving that grief. That was undeniably providing an undeniable truth for me that there is an answer to grief and I wanted then to be able to share that with my sister and to assist her. So what's happened and transitioned since then in 2007, I went to go and study with Dr. John Martini to learn not only the grief process but multiple processes and to assist people. And from there, initially there's the pain and wanting to solve something or perception of loss that drove drove me to find this body of work and now I can truly say I'm inspired to do this work so for me inspiration wasn't the light bulb moment or something happening instead it was the pain it's the driving force it's now turned into something that I'm inspired by and I don't need the pain anymore to do it so for me inspiration is you don't actually require pain to do what you do 
No, well, I'm just, I've just got a question. You know, sometimes does the pain actually help us to find what inspires us? Spot on, spot on. Because if you're inspired, you will endure both the pain and pleasure. So quite often what happens is that you actually require the pain, as you've just said, to drive us towards something that's inspired. So I would perceive somebody who's inspired actually doesn't have the pain. Mm, and anymore, I don't have the pain maybe. anymore. That's anymore. right. So yes, yeah. so to clarify, mm. I don't have the pain anymore um, around uh, the, the to do this work. I'm driven to do it just internally. I probably confuse everyone with that, but I wanted just no, to say that at all. quite often pain is the instigator for us to go and find what truly inspires us. And sometimes we need yeah, that. I don't, it's like I, being kicked. I, <laughs> yes, totally. Sometimes we need that from, from outside of ourselves. You know, it's interesting. I went to the same talk, obviously, as you, and I heard a completely different talk. And I thought, isn't that interesting, the way we filter things in through whatever is is going on in our lives at that moment? So how much do we miss? So I'm interested to go back and hopefully find my notes from that talk to find out all the other things that I didn't hear because I heard him talk all about, you know, TMJ joint and things like that because that was all relevant relevant at the time so it's so funny just what we hang on to as we move forward so what's one that also that also answers though excuse me I mean that also answers that all the answers are out there and what you're looking for the answers are actually being presented to you and as just as you said it was I went looking for something different from what you were looking for and you got your answers I think if I recall from that Mm. particular talk um for what you were looking for or even what you didn't realize you were looking for yeah, I think that's um, probably so, more yeah. accurate. Yeah. yeah, so it's very cool. So, Adrian, a question that I like to ask people is what's one thing that they wish they'd known when they had begun? But do you think that that is probably a little too simplistic because some, sometimes if we knew what was involved, we probably wouldn't begin? <laughs> <laughs> now you've hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I'm very, very grateful that I was naive going into this body of work and what um, would have to experience and such like this. So I wouldn't say I wanted to know anything more yeah. than what I already did and what I got to experience. It's that beautiful journey. For example, if we're a toddler, how can we and there are, uh, how can we teach the toddler university level? language and university level subjects because there's that actual growth process for them to actually be able to comprehend and understand what they're going to get at the university level so I perceive that I was given everything that I needed I didn't know that so maybe that's what I need to know is that you're given everything you need at that particular moment It is actually really cool. And it's very similar. It kind of plays out similar because the first time we did the breakthrough experience, because obviously I'm a facilitator as well. And the Mm -hmm. first time we did the breakthrough experience, we got the Demartini method, but we didn't know the depth and the breadth and the, how would you describe it? Just the, we didn't really know what we had in our hands. We had a glimpse of it, but I think um, that's actually a really good comment because I think everything is given to us, just like you said, but we don't recognise it at that point. We can't, we don't have the perspective to be able to actually see the whole picture at that time, which is probably a good thing. (laughs) And if I think of um, our children as they're given to us and we bring them up and we just had no idea what was involved, Um, And it was a learning and it's been a learning experience from toddlers right through to teenage time, Mm -hmm. um, our lovely teenagers. And it's a a total growth experience there that you learn along the way. Mm. 
Yeah, definitely. Okay. So have there been any people or books that have been influential in your life or is there something that you have read or listened to recently that, um, that you sort of either keep going back to or that it's something new that you've kind of wrapping your head around at the moment? Uh, there's a book that I've been um, discussing and, and mentioning to both colleagues and clients and family members and basically anyone who will listen. And that uh, book I highly recommend is called Breathe by James Nestor. The book is quite profound on the art and science of breathing. We seem to think we knew a lot. I assumed I knew a lot with a medical background as well as the work that I do and pranayama breathing and things like this. I realised I actually knew very little. So it was a lovely wake-up call about what you yourself can do to assist your own body, your own thought processes by simply breathing. And um, I highly recommend that book it's available on as an audible online there are also um, interviews with James about his whole experience and it's a beautiful guy taking you through um, this whole process of breathing wow that sounds really fascinating actually thank you for that when you when we look at your brand so adriangulliver.com if mm-hmm. anybody wants to get in, in touch with Adrian that's where you do it um, at adriangulliver.com um, what do you like to think your brand stands for? Hmm, that's some very good questions. Uh, I, I, I call myself a personal strategist. Um, that's evolved as well. And I think with lots of businesses and people working, or even just, just you yourself, we tend to rebrand ourselves consistently whether you've got a business or not we'll rebrand ourselves with the type of styling of clothes the makeup we may wear the kind of sports that we're into hairstyles etc so we're constantly rebranding and I've moved to from adriangulliver.com to being calling calling myself and uh, giving myself the label as a personal strategist and the reason I have personal strategist is that I perceive as human beings we like solutions and we like to know provide ourselves with a pathway or strategy going forward we like to know what do we do next people want to know what do they do next so the personal strategy is the development of and an answer to people's query of what do I do next. This isn't me telling them what they do, but this is them finding their own strategies within to provide their own pathways. So the adriangulliver.com has kind of evolved into a personal strategist where I will assist the person to find their own pathway. You, we know this with our children. We want them to find their own way. We will put things in place for them to do that, and that's exactly the same um, as what I perceive a personal strategist is. Oh, I love that. What do you reckon is a common myth about your profession, you know, about what we do? What's a common myth and maybe you want to debunk it? Yeah, Yeah, you're so cool. You hear the hairy fairy or that doesn't work and, um, oh, gosh, all sorts of things. Oh, that's just rubbish. Um, And then other people are so glowing about it and yet, once they're glowing about it, and yet they won't return back to the particular work. Um, what I would like to debunk is that you came into this world, you're born as a baby, you start from uh, day zero or time zero, and you go right through to 100, maybe 110 years for some of the listeners and ourselves of, of living. So you are with you your whole time, uh, your whole for your whole life period. You're the one that's occupying, you're the one that's thinking, et cetera, et cetera, about all these different ideas and concepts and thoughts and things like this. You are your own 
your own being. You are this life journey. The work that we present is for you, about you. And circumstances such as COVID can happen. You can get married, you can get divorced, you can have children, you can have a business, you can have failures and such like. Um, And so this whole process that I perceive that we do is assisting you through all those challenging and supportive type moments because it's it's completely about you. This whole life journey is about you and the work we do specifically is targeted about for you, for your deeper oh, understanding. Beautiful. That's that's so cool. And yet everyone's looking outside of themselves sometimes to get what they need where actually it's already inside. Inside. It? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. already inside of us and we just need someone to help us bring it out sometimes. That's great. Okay, so Adrian, we all know business can be a little tough at times and obviously challenging. I know that we can all get no's and failures and all sorts of things. But how do you know that you're at the edge of your comfort zone or that you're really about to do a big growth spurt, um, for want of a better word, in your business? Um, so I talk a lot about comfort zone, um, just how we can just help to grow um, our comfort zone a little bit, just to get used to that because that is actually life it's a constant thing it's always um, we're always changing always growing as you as you just said so how do you know when you're at your edge and how do you cope when you're the, when you're there okay um usually that it's when I've come to my edge it's usually because there's a challenge that's being presented or something hasn't gone my way, I've had a loss, I'm experiencing some pain and discomfort, whether it's physically or whether it's emotionally, mentally, whatever it is. So that tends to be the edge of my comfort zone uh, that a, a challenge is there. Intellectually, I know that that leads to growth, but of course the process can be quite a struggle and there's lots of resistance. So the one thing that I do do as soon as I'm presented with a challenge is I just take a big breath like that and I go, okay. And then I start working through whatever it is. So it's just that pause, the inhalation. And I didn't even get this from the word, the book breath. It was just something that I do and I go, (laughs) Okay, and it's sort of like the signaling to yourself, okay, and then I'll just start working with through it. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to have more stress or anxieties come up or challenges or this didn't come right or, uh, you know, have, have annoyances at all going through that process. It's just that I've given myself permission to go okay and then just start working through it. So it's a recognition of the challenge. So I'm at that uncomfortable part big breath and then I go okay and it's just okay I'm ready it's cool and I was going to say the same about it's the recognition because often when challenges come to us we actually just want to run away from them we want to pretend they're not happening um, and we might um, just go and try and numb ourselves in some way but just that just taking that pause and go okay I recognize okay this is my moment I recognize it's here okay and almost just that pause must just help a few, you know, hopefully something drop in, you know, like a, a question that you ask or something to go, okay, how do I how do I navigate my way through this? Or is that what happens? Or do you just go? No, nope, I just go, okay. Honestly, okay. I just go, okay. Because there's, there's, I've, I've recognised that, I don't even know if it, I could say that it's a challenge. It's just, okay, this is, now it's time. 
now it's time to start okay. working through this. So that's all I do because, of course, lots of things come in and out as you're sorting through challenges and whether it's financial and you have to, you know, move some money over to go and pay that credit card and things like this. You just start moving through. You just start moving mm, through. Like so that. it's just that simple part of it's just an acknowledgement. Okay. Mm -hmm. And here we go. <laughs> cool. So do you think someone else could use a similar strategy? You know, for those that are I'd listening. I'd love people to, mm. to take that on. And it may not work for you, but it may may also work. And what I find when I've been reading uh, Prolifically Read or listen to audibles or podcasts, um, documentaries, TV shows, whatever it is, I'm looking for snippets of information that they may have that I can ingratiate into my life. And what I find oh, uh, for how you can ingratiate that is if you see something and you think that's a great idea, instigate it as quickly as you can. And what you're doing is you're bringing it into your muscle memory. So um, somebody may be having a challenge now and they go, okay, take a breath and say, okay. And then the, what it is is instigate whatever you're seeing out there, whatever pieces of information, because other people can just think that's a great idea and then they do nothing about it. Yeah. yeah. Or they go and share it with other people, sure, but they haven't actually instigated it and bring it, bring it in into that, that material form and action steps. Oh, I like that. So it'd be quite helpful to almost um, just have a notebook or just a little note somewhere on your phone. Okay, what did I learn from a book? I mean, I've, I hear that some people, they write all over books and then I haven't quite got to that. But, um, you know, but just definitely taking a few highlights because I'm sure we're all drawn to or led to what we need to know, you know. Um, wow. I was just reading this little quote today in my in a little notebook planner thing that I've got, and it says, as we gain confidence in ourselves, red flags are no longer red flags, they're deal breakers. And I thought that was really quite cool because as we're, as we're sort of gaining more confidence in our ability to manage our comfort zone as it grows or we'll just do that deep breath and go, okay, right, it's time. And it's kind of like it almost just helps bolster you, but, yeah. It's it's a I guess it's a, a constant a constant source of getting to know ourselves. Yes, yeah. that is. And and for some people it would be just like a reset. Mm. Okay, yeah. there's all the chaos going on around, you've hit the problem, you go, okay, take the breath and go, okay, and then you just start working through it. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So if you could go back and talk to your younger self at any time, what advice would you give her? What I would say to my younger self then, just thinking about it is that life has ups and downs. People are going to come and go. The ability to reject and accept, the ability to say yes and no, all of those you're going to learn, you're going to trip up, and then you're going to pick yourself up again. And um, that's that's just what's going to happen. And But you're okay. You're okay. You're that's okay. A, that's such mm. great advice, Sam, because we think the world's falling apart, but really the more we just keep moving, the more we are okay. So, Adrian, have you got anything that you're working on at the moment? So I've been looking at your website at adriangulliver.com and you talk about an experience called the Metanoa. Would you like to tell us about that? Okay, thank you. The Metanoa um, is a Greek word and it translates into change of mind, change of heart. The uh, you read, I was reading a, a passage and then I saw this word and I didn't know what it means. So like other people, you just look it up and I went, I like that. I like the, the sense of it. I like what it was suggesting, change of mind, change of heart. 
And at that particular time, it's funny how these things happen, isn't it? At that particular time, I was working on a process and developing a process for uh, uh, to understand why people do what they do. And then I realised that the metanoia word which I'd come across fitted this process of why we do what we do. Now, Simon Sinek is a great speaker. He's got some uh, very cool, a lot of knowledge that he shares with people. He goes um, and shares with people the question why. Why do people do what they do? Uh, So I examined his work. His work is more about working out what's the driving purpose for people, such as uh, to inspire, to teach, to, to share, he uncovers that driving force for, uh, for why. Um, but I wanted to know why do people yell at other people? Why do people get so angry and explode? Why do people criticise others? Why are people generous? And I wanted to know what's the push button for that particular thing that's going on so Simon Sinek's work of exploring why is quite different to the body of work that um, I've explored through the metanoia so the metanoia answers that question I have no doubt it answers the question today Um, I was working with a client he's based in South Africa and we worked on a particular we did the metanoia on why he has this he'll have an angry outburst um, at a particular person and yes he knew it was anger he knew he was expressing anger he knew that um, the, the, the strength and the tonality in his words suggested a little bit of aggression as well but he couldn't answer the question why he did it and uh, instead mm-hmm. what we tend to do is we tend to beat ourselves up um, and go into senses of guilt and shame but I really want to know the real reason why and when you know the real reason why your whole perception of who you are and what's going on around you actually shifts and changes. So it was quite a profound shift for that young man when we worked on it um, earlier today. And it's quite cool because when you do that process, because I've done it with you, mm-hmm. and when you do that process, suddenly it's like you've all realised how you slot into the into the universe, really, how your whole life pieces together. It's quite profound. Yeah, Thank you. And what what was a, 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 an important part of the metanoia is the uh, strategy that's devised once you know the real why. And I can say, um, hand on heart, this young man is actually looking forward to someone yelling at him. Ah, he is looking forward to it. Intriguing. He has a strategy and he said, it's weird, isn't it? I said, yeah, it's weird. Which means you don't mind if someone starts yelling at you. You know, you've got a whole set of tools and strategies to be able to manage it without making the other person feel guilty. You have no shame or guilt. And it's, it was just, it's just a lovely process. So it's a brilliant way to stop being held back by what other people are thinking about you because that can happen to a lot of women out there as they're building a business and they're starting to do well and then people you know we've got the tall poppy syndrome here you know there's all of those aspects and then when people worry about what others think um, that can actually even unconsciously sort of hold their business back you know nicely summarized Cool. Okay, so Adrian, a new question that I love to ask everybody at the moment is if you could have dinner with three people alive or dead, who would it be and why would you choose them? I would love to sit down 
with Socrates. Wow. Okay. I haven't had that one before. (laughs) Because he would argue both sides of an argument and could bring you to a sense of um, firmness in a decision, like, okay, we'll say vaccinating. Mm-hmm. And then he could easily shift you. Well, I wouldn't say easily. He'd just keep questioning you and bringing you to the other part of not vaccinating. And so you end up sitting in this place of seeing both the, the you know, both sides of a conversation, both sides of an experience, both sides. And I would love to be involved in that. I don't know if I want to be receiving his grilling. <laughs> it's pretty more like <laughs> But um, yes, I'd love to have sat down with Socrates mm. to have that kind of experience. There. It's amazing, isn't it, to be um, very, um, to be balanced about any decision that comes to you. Because as we know, if you have a bias one side, then you've got an emotional charge about it. So to be able to sort of sit there and be nicely balanced is, is quite a powerful position to be in or, a, you know, because you're more flexible in that, in that stance. Well, it opens us up to the righteous path, I think. The Buddha, Buddhists say the middle path, um, and excuse me for those if I've misquoted it, um, but the righteous path where uh, it's in the Bible we talk about being righteous, and I think most people have misinterpreted that. The righteous has been in the centre to see both sides as opposed to the perception of right is that I'm nice, I behave myself, I'm gentle and kind, and they see that as right, when in actual fact the righteous and what was actually meant in the Bible is being able to sit in the middle path and see both sides of it. For example, and I'll just use this example here, uh, Auckland has gone into its another lockdown for a week um, Uh, a level three lockdown for those that are familiar with that particular level. So it's quite strict and things like this. Now, because the country has been put into lockdown for a week, that means seven days. What that does is it stimulates the wage subsidy package for self-employed and employed people. So it has to be, it can only be instigated if we are in lockdown for longer than a week or seven days. So what that means is that those that are self-employed and those that have businesses are able to apply for the wage subsidy. The New Zealand government will hand you some money. What that means then is that the New Zealand government is assisting the people to comply Mm. and to obey the rules. So it's seeing that that other part there, yes, it's going to be helpful. Yes, we're more likely to comply. So it's kind of seeing both sides. And I would love to have been um, there present when Socrates was having discussions like this about ethics, principles, universal laws, um, discussing what's right and wrong until you are able to sit right in the middle as opposed to judging something's right or wrong. That's an elongated answer, isn't it? No, it's a great answer, though. Who else would you invite for dinner? Michelle Obama. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I want to come to dinner too then. That yeah. one too. Okay, you can come along too. Um, Michelle Obama, because, and I've read her autobiography, I've also read a biography, um, and Michelle Obama 
and, and yeah, she's had lots of challenges because I can admire the a person that can hold their own right next to somebody who is uh, in a position of authority and has got a lot of power in themselves. So I'm admiring her um, for her ability to hold her own. And I don't mean that it's just a female um, holding her own. Um, it can be anyone. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, holding their own next to somebody who is very considered very powerful and has lots of leadership qualities. So I would love to have, just to sit and listen to her talk and to watch how she interacts with people and just to get a sense of her. Mm, that sounds great. And you've got one more person you can have at your dinner table. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> the other one would be our queen, the queen, mm-hmm. um, the British queen. The reason being is that lady there is, is orientated to service. She's in her early 90s. I, I aim to be able to provide both service and to be around for a lot longer. I would love to just sit with her and, again, listen and have conversations um, about that level of service because I would say that's a lady inspired and dedicated to to exploring and providing her service to the people that she represents. So I think the three people that I have at the table um, have all different interesting aspects to them that I would like to be part of. That's, yeah, I, I love that. I love that. That seems to be um, a very interesting table, actually. What is most remarkable about what you do and who you are? And as you know, I ask this because I really want women to value who they are and what they do. And so this can often have a little bit of a pause as people try and answer it, but I still ask it anyway. So, Adrian, what is most remarkable about what you do and who you are? Actually, I can jump in quite quickly and answer this one. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? All the others I couldn't. I was struggling. Um, it is that I will leave no stone unturned. There's a there's a natural inborn detective. There's uh, somebody that wants to to lift up, find solutions, and and ferret out, dig in deep, um, and look for uh, the reasons why people do what they do. Um, provide solutions um, and obviously that has a lot to do with the self-learning so basically I see myself as and I perceive it's remarkable because I don't know if everyone else wants to be the detective Um, so that's why I see that that is something that I can offer is the detective and digging in and just really getting down to the nuts and bolts of things that can be scary for a lot of people um, but I tend to find it's quite an illuminating path that's provided. So my aim is to just go in and pick up. You can hear it in people's tones. You can hear it in the action. You can hear it, see it in their behaviour, where they're going, what's happening for them. And I want to just open them up to all of that that's sitting there for them. That's brilliant. It's interesting that you're very, um, what's remarkable uh, remarkable about what you do is also where you're very mission-focused mission as well. So that's pretty interesting. Cool. Um, just, well, actually, my last, last question <laughs> is <laughs> if you could offer, um, if you could offer a woman in business um, one piece of advice, what would you, what would you like to offer them? where they start and the ideals of where they're starting and where it moves towards, I want them to be open to that organic growth, the flexibility of where this will go because you're, if we're talking particularly in business, 
that's going to come about from the response from others. And it's the ability for you to be flexible and adapt and move towards that. I find if we have too firm a fixture on what the goal we are planning to do, we'll actually miss the moments of, of true growth by being uh, by by not paying attention. There are too many examples of businesses such as Kodak um, there, that are out there, the Segway machine that are, that's out there. That, Nokia. All of Nokia, those yes, that, yeah. that show us, <coughs> excuse me, that show us um, they were not paying attention. You're here if you're in a business to provide a service or a product, adapt it and keep moving it, with it. And um, you will then have the growth in yourself and your own product or service. So my my part is that be flexible, be ready to bend, be ready to move, and be ready to respond to the needs of those that are requesting your service. And shift it, shift mm. it, and just move it along. It's completely fine. I definitely know where I started and where I am currently, and where I may end up. Are vastly, they're, they're vastly different. And I want women to be okay to just go with that. Brilliant advice. Thank you, Adrian. Now, how do we get hold of you? Thank you, Mandy. It's adrian at adriangulliver.com. Adrian is A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. Gulliver is in Gulliver's Travels and then .com. That's uh, my personal email address, so I will personally reply to anyone that reaches out what I would love to offer your listeners is a discovery session Um, they just need to contact me through the email there a discovery session is basically unpacking and looking at strategies or or stumbling blocks that they've come across that we can unpack and work through as I said I leave no stone unturned that discovery session is uh, via the audible um, zoom zoom and such like so you don't have to be personal to person it can be anywhere in the world and it's free and no obligation um, because that fulfills my part of wanting to serve people and how can I assist people and what can I open up for them and it just may help them speed up their own processes Um, and should they wish to continue well then that also works for me obviously and for them hopefully but it gives them a, a, a try before you buy type scenarios. Brilliant. If they want to contact me through email, then that's that's the way we'll go. Cool. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Adrian. It's been a pleasure to have you on Remarkable Woman Radio. And I look forward to when we can get you back as a guest again, because I know we've only just scratched the surface of what you have to offer. And I'm really looking forward to seeing you again. Thank you, Mandy. And I'd like to say um, your your desire and your choice to promote female entrepreneurs, females in business and females full stop goes uh, uh, in part to the fact that you too are looking to provide a service for people to share their gifts. So you're living what you say, which is to share those gifts. So thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you for listening to Remarkable Woman Radio. For more episodes and more details of today's show, please go to remarkablemindset.com. Let me ask you, what makes you remarkable?